Hello, and welcome to the Herondale Boy Support Group Podcast. I'm Ginny. I'm Allie. I'm Melanie. And we're here to help. Well, and look help. at me, making it through an intro. Ginny this did it! I'm so proud of you. You gross. did it. I did have to think about each of the words, like, for a minute. Just because if I say it too fast, <laughs> it'll just turn into... Ginny, you did it. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm proud of me, too. I was like, this time, this is the one. Little victories. Exactly. Oh, so how has everybody been? Persevering. Yeah, that's a good word <laughs> for it. <laughs> the horrors persist, but so, <laughs> so do must I. I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Listen, yeah. the world is just out here, and we're just, you know, we're trying. Living but- in it. Exactly. Yep. It's it's a lot, you know. Persisting. <laughs> Persevering. Nevertheless, it's like an inspirational bookmark. Nevertheless, she persisted. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> the whole yeah. The whole thing. But you know, not much I... going on here. This feel like the same as you guys. <laughs> Persisting. <laughs> Some some weeks just be like that. That's true. Some more than weeks just be like that too. You know, months. You know, <laughs> it happens. Years. Years. Lifetimes. <laughs> it is almost the end of February. How, We're making that it through. happen. That's, yeah, I don't that's know. some bullshit. February and February is a short so month. Fast. So it that's is. true. It is one I day was... longer than it was last year. Mm-hmm. It is. Is anyone gonna do a little hop, skip, jump on the twenty ninth? <laughs> Uh, I'll keep you posted. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be going out of town. Not technically for leap (laughs) day to celebrate. Not not celebrating (laughs) leap year by going out of town. What are you leaping out of a window plane? I go nowhere. (laughs) I don't go vacation. We're going to the rodeo. Yeehaw. We are. Ginny's gonna see the yeehaws in person. Ginny gets to Maybe. live her best horse girl life. Exactly. Yeah. Imagine if we got to feed them warm bread mash. <laughs> no. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> no! <laughs> Not warm bread mash. Warm bread mash. Woo! I was watching, I was scrolling on Instagram, and it was somebody feeding their horse. It was like, the horse got a little too into their, I made their wet food a little too wet, and I was just like, I bet it's warm bread mash. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> Trigger back on that Herondale bullshit, right? Herondale bullshit. We had a lot of Herondale bullshit. <laughs> this is just the Herondale world, world, and they're all living in it here. <laughs> exactly. Honestly. Why do you think it's called the Herondale Boy Support Group? Because you wouldn't it let us call it the Herondale host. That's true. <laughs> Excuse me, no, I did not. Whatever. <laughs> that's, that's a thing. We're not going to put this on me. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> the original draft of this podcast was called The Hair and Delos. And Melanie was like, as is our group. What is that called? What is the three group? What is the three way tech chat between us called? I know the group chat is now Hair and Delos in now tribute. However, <laughs> let it be known. It was a thing. 
<laughs> They're always going to find a way to blame me for something. Yeah, that's what makes it fun. <sighs> Why do I hang out with you? Because you love me. Because you love us. Do I? So much. Yes, do I? I like so Ginny, much. but Allie, sometimes I wonder. The audacity. Formal position to remove Melanie from the support group. <laughs> oh, boy. Chat's fired. Okay, then you do the summary. Well, you see, there was an Charles asshole named Charles Buford. Buford. <laughs> <laughs> and he caused a lot of problems. And then we're gonna have a wedding. The end. <laughs> Everyone give it up for Allie. Clearly you don't know me. Oh god. Bye. Bye, Melanie. <laughs> oh, there she goes. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye, Melanie. <laughs> There she is. Okay. Melanie I, returns. I let, let it be known that there is proof that Allie is mean to me. Yeah. There is proof fine. in several podcasts, I'm sure. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway. And I did nothing to warrant it. Anyway, would you like to amend my summary, Melanie? I don't know. What I do, I, will I do a sufficient enough job for you? <laughs> Remains to be seen. Well. <laughs> Let's get started with this summary that I'm sure is going to be much better than Allie's. As Matthew and Cordelia wait on the other side of the archway, the rope jerks Matthew forward. He is dragged forward and smashes into the barrier over and over again. Cordelia grabs hold of the rope, unsheaths Cortana, and slashes through the barrier. She's in the Shadow Realm now. James is both surprised and relieved to see Cordelia. She urges James to return with her, but he insists that he can't. The reunion is interrupted, however, by the Mandacore demon. James focuses, and the Shadow Realm is now under his control. He uses it against Belial and the Mandacore. The demon vanishes, and James lets go. Before he can help Cordelia, Belial steps in front of James. He taunts James, and again tries to persuade him to let his use his body as a vessel. Cordelia, though, stabs through Belial, and the Prince of Hell dissolves into pieces, and the world crumbles around him. Jesse and Lucy arrive at Highgate Cemetery and find Matthew unconscious. Lucy rushes over to Matthew, and Jesse reassures her that he's alive. After drawing an Arazzi on him, Lucy asks Matthew where James is. Then the sky tears open, and Cordelia and James fall through the opening. Cordelia struggles but gets up. James does not. Matthew tries to draw Arazzis, but they aren't working. James is dying. Jesse tells Lucy to give James his last breath. Lucy hesitates, but takes the pot locket and gives James the last breath. James's chest rises with Jesse's last breath, and the poison leaves his body. When he wakes, James can now see Jesse. Thanks to the antidote working, things are returning to normal, and the quarantine has been lifted. Days pass as James recovers. He receives many visitors, including Grace, who asks to speak to him alone. Grace tells him that Tatiana has plans to kill herself tonight, which would cause a spelled automaton to come to life and kill all Shadowhunters. James insists that they have to tell someone, but suddenly something silver and cold closes around his, his wrist. Lucy has asked Brother Jeremiah, or I'm sorry, not Jeremiah, Jemariah, to take her to the graveyard in Idris. She goes to Jesse's grave and says she wishes she could tell him she was sorry for using her power on him. Jesse is curious, but he's different than he was before. Lucy can't touch him, and he's more ghost-like. She promises him that she will find a way to bring him back. James wakes and sees Grace standing by the window. He asks if he will help her destroy the automaton, and James says that, his, that loyalty binds him and that he would do anything for her. 
Matthew and Cordelia appear, surprised at James's sudden personality change. Seeing no other choice, Matthew and Cordelia help James. Matthew opens up the portal for James to travel to Blackthorn Manor. James destroys the automaton, but it catches fire and sets the mansion manor alight. It burns down, and James, Matthew, and Cordelia all agree not to say anything. The next day, everyone is gathered for the Enclave meeting. Tatiana interrupts, insisting that James conspired with the demons to orchestrate everything that's happened. She angrily accuses James of burning down Blackthorn Manor, and that Grace will confirm this story. Grace begins to speak, but Cordelia steps in, saying that James couldn't have done it because he was with her in her bedroom all night. The room erupts into chaos when suddenly Charlotte Fairchild marches into the room. She explains that she was late because she had to investigate the fire at Blackthorn Manor. Tatiana repeats her accusation, but Charlotte confronts her about the items they found associated with black magic and necromancy. Magnus stands and confirms Charlotte's findings, speaking of what he witnessed when Tatiana tried to hire him to help bring Jesse back. James pulls Cordelia into the drawing room and tells her to go back and tell everyone she was lying to protect him. However, Cordelia says that even if she did, no one would believe her. The stain on her reputation is there and there's no taking it back. James has one last idea to save Cordelia from ruin. Getting on one knee in front of her, he asks her to marry him. It will be a marriage of friendship, a convenience, as James says he doesn't love her in that way and claims she doesn't love him that way either. Tatiana has been escorted to Chiswick House by her brothers. Asking for a moment alone to say goodbye, she goes to where she has hidden Jesse's coffin. A voice comes from behind her and tells her not to worry. It's Belial. He won't let any harm come to Jesse, as the Prince of Hell says that what Jesse carries is too precious. She questions him, asking why she should believe him when he let her get infected with the poison, as it was only to be her enemies that were harmed. But he reassures her that it is all part of the plan. Once Tatiana is escorted into the adamant citadel, it will destroy Shadowhunters from the inside. Dun dun dun. What's my grade, Allie? What's my grade? A minus. Take it. <laughs> a lot happened. It's the end a of the book, happens. so a lot happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. It's interesting because it, it, it this book wraps up in a way that gives it you know until the epilogue it gives it kind of an ending, but it's just not the ending that our main character you know. From Cordelia's eyes, she's just like, it is what I wanted, but it's not what I expected. And yeah. Yeah. All these things, yeah. And, th and the thing is, they don't know right now either. Yeah, we get the epilogue so that we know what's going to happen next. <laughs> but they all think that Belial is gone. Yeah, they're like, all right, it's over. That was a fun time. Tatiana will be arrested. Everything's fine. <laughs> exactly. Little do they know it's all part of some greater plot and scheme. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That would be too easy. We gotta have two more books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Anybody have anywhere of, they want to start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, you know, speaking of the fact that they thought that Belial was dead, it's because James used some creepy... It's a little scary. He uses his powers or whatever in the demon realm, right, to mm -hmm. kind of collapse it in on itself, destroy the manticore. And then we get Cordelia coming in with Cortana. Um, and they believe that Delilah is dead because of Cordelia, you know, going all badass and just stabbing She does him. a little stabby stab. She does do a little stabby stab. 
I mean, and yeah, because Cortana is a special sword because it's crafted by Wayland the Smith, which can cut through anything, which we learn by her being able to go into the portal. And then, yeah, uh, we it, do see the Belial is injured, mm-hmm. but he and isn't dead. because of his injury, they think that it'll take a hundred years for him to respawn in the mortal world and like have the energy. But he says that he has an anchor here. Which will allow him to come back before that time. So. I mean, I was thinking when Cordelia stabbed him, I was like, yeah, that's not going to last. That's too easy. So It's too convenient. Obviously, We're in book one. <laughs> it is too convenient. But they don't know that. I was like, there like... were a lot of things that happened that I was like, why is this like wrapping up? This is too easy. Exactly. That meta-knowledge, though. <laughs> right. But I, yeah, that's what I was saying. It feels, the end of this book feels such, like such a wrap-up and we just, as readers, we know better. Um, because we know that it's a trilogy. Right. <laughs> um, and that we get the epilogue that the other characters don't see. But this, yeah, this whole stabby stab. Um, although it's funny because they end up, after this, they end up telling the parents, actually, um, some of it. Yeah. Uh, and they, and then I think, I don't remember who it is, but they're like, oh, well, he's probably dead for like 100 years. Uh, we'll worry about it then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I thought it was Magnus who said that, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure. I don't remember who said it either, but yeah. But well, I was like, surprise, Which, bitch, I got an anchor. Speaking of, really quickly, I want to say, speaking of everything that happened in Shadow Realm, and then James and Cordelia, like, falling from the sky, how did both of them not die from that? Like, we know James almost dies, but how does Cordelia get out of that with just a broken leg? Plot armor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it would make sense. Point. I could forgive it if, like, James fell first and she fell on top of him kind of thing. Oh, scandalous. I mean, possibly. <laughs> but that's not what happened. I'm like, they should both be dead. Arendelle bullshit. <laughs> but it's Carstairs bullshit now. Yeah. Listen, maybe the... Maybe being up in the sky, it wasn't, like, all the way up in the sky. Maybe it was, like, you know... 10 feet up. Maybe it was... <laughs> it was 10 feet, but how is that not, like... <laughs> I mean, 10 feet. That wouldn't kill you. That's like falling off a one-story roof. He'll probably yeah, I think, fine. well, James is also, like... Because he used all his... He used a bunch of powers and stuff. Yeah, James was already a weak constitution. I just yeah. thought that Cordelia should have also almost been dead. I mean, possibly, but... Well, like James oh, well. was saying, James had that, you know, immense exertion of energy. And I then, guess I uh, was, I think I was more just, like, thinking the distance was larger than it was. Yeah. I definitely didn't think it was that far for some reason. Oh, but can we talk about... I think they mentioned about... it's 10 feet, but I was just thinking that it was, oh, it like... I think it no, does, I but remember. I think I was just imagining 10 feet to be more than it is. <laughs> I don't know. But can we talk about when Cordelia goes into the realm, right? And then she's oh, yeah. like, what? <laughs> and then all the Daisy, my Daisy, and blah, blah. Oh, Daisy, Angel, this and that. And I was just like, And what? he tries to, like, all, his instinct is to go and protect her and, like, comfort her and shield her. And I'm like. But Cordelia is saving his ass. Yes. We love a girl who is no damsel in distress. We do. I love Cordelia as a heroine for those reasons. You know, like, she, which. You know, objectively, all of our Shadowhunters ladies kick a certain degree of ass by nature of being Shadowhunters, but Cordelia hits different. 
like her. Yeah. You that Cordelia is positioned as a main heroine, which we got Cecily in the last trilogy and we got Charlene, but that but they weren't you know, it was like it was very trio. It was Tessa, Will, Jem. Right. No, oh, yeah. So while Charlotte and Sophie and Cecily were all given a lot of attention, they were still kind of side characters. And Cordelia and is Tessa, main. Tessa right. was capable. Yeah. But not a shadow hunter. Was also in need of protecting because everybody was out to get her. Yeah. That too. Whereas Cordelia is more. She's a born I don't know what the word is for it. Yes, but I I was thinking of a specific word for it, and I can't think of it. More just like taking actions rather than reactions, I guess. More proactive. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah, I like her a lot. Yeah. So plot wise, um, we had that, and then obviously, one of the things that happens when James is in recovery is that. When Grace visits, what does she do? Slaps that bracelet right back on his wrist. And what happens? James is like, oh, yes, Grace. I love Grace. (laughs) So if you guys remember, and obviously you weren't (laughs) going to confirm or deny this, I clocked that bracelet. I was like, something is wrong with that bracelet. There is something going on. It's like, like a, like a a cuff like you know it's a handcuff yeah. literally and figuratively <laughs> that's what i yeah it's literally like a handcuff he and can't take it off vines is a little on the nose don't you think <laughs> oh, yeah. yes i was like I, I was like what i was when i was looking at i was trying to look up what the bracelet said because i knew it said something but i didn't write it down and i couldn't remember what it was mm-hmm. and i was sure it had been mentioned but I couldn't, so I looked it up, and I was like, oh, it literally says loyalty bounds me. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was so like, interest- I remember, I looked at my notes, and I was like, well, James was able to take it off. But I was like, I wonder if that was only because Cordelia asked him to. He was only able to take it off because Grace asked him to. That's what I mean. Grace or Grace took it off herself. Yeah. It is one of the two. That's I don't remember I, which one it was. It was, I wrote it down as Grace asked him to take it off. Yeah. So I so literally, like, Part this two. bracelet. Go ahead, is... Um, So I was saying that the, the interesting part, too, is it's that it's, there's something about this bracelet um, where it's somebody's, I'm trying to find the exact thing, um, because it's, it's something about, like, this bracelet specifically, like, it, it's, it, like, she says something weird about, like, his chain has to bind you, or like, yeah, okay. I can try looking it up. But your blood, his blood, is a barrier I cannot cut. I cannot bind you without his chain. And I was like, hmm. Ooh. Ooh. which it could be Belial. Now I think that, it is. Yeah, in this context again. But yeah, like at that time, true. I was just like, blah blah blah. Because yeah, I I think either I wrote this down or I remembered it. Yeah. Because Belial says something about when James was in the Shadow Realm, he He's wasn't wearing the bracelet. bracelet. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, so that hadn't been was, revealed to us yet, so at that point I was just like... He was after that, protected. It makes sense. And So clearly, Belial and this bracelet have some sort of connection. 
They do. Yeah. And interesting how Grace always compares herself to her mother's blade. And then she says that your blood, his blood, is something I can't cut through. So she can't mm -hmm. reach James. We know that she intrinsically has, like, this weird magic uh, enthrallment capability, right? Mm -hmm. But interesting mm -hmm. that she can't um, use her powers on James unless he's wearing this bracelet. Which seems to override that and give her power over him. Yeah. Which would also be kind of what happened when Grace was forcing Matthew to kiss her. Exactly. A couple it's of her chapters ago. Regular enthrallment. Because Matthew wasn't wearing the bracelet. She could just do that to him. Be like, you're going to kiss me. And then Matthew was like, huh? I don't like Grace, but also I am under the. I am trying to understand that I don't think she's acting. I think she's partially acting of her own, you know, free will, but also under pressure. So it's like a. a There's an abuse. We probably there. see her in fear of Tatiana to some extent, mm -hmm. trying to do things so that Tatiana can't get to her or can't, you know, have more influence over her. I think exactly. Um, like in the end, with like she obviously knows she knew when she sent James to take out the automaton that the house was going to set on fire. That's why she sent him. She knew that's what was going to happen. And then when they're confronted the Enclave, she's uh, Tatiana calls her up and is like, Grace will say that James told her that he burned down the manor. And then Grace steps up and is ready to do this until Cordelia steps up and gives her an easy way out. So there is a fear of Tatiana, but she's shown that when she does make these choices of her own free will, that she wants freedom, you know? I think part of my, I don't know, issue with Grace is I keep thinking back to the Bane Chronicles mm -hmm. and her interaction with Magnus there. Forgive that. <laughs> <laughs> don't hurt Magnus. Don't look at him. <laughs> and how she was very clearly knew what she was doing and was angry. So you also have to bear in mind that Grace has lived a very sheltered life. Mm -hmm. You know, the only people she's had interaction with since being adopted as Tatiana's ward has been Tatiana and Jesse. <clears throat> so, you know, her coming to London is kind of her first interaction interaction with other shadow hunters, other people her age. And so when we see her in the Bane Chronicles, she hasn't had those experiences. So everything that she knows has been fed to her directly through Tatiana, yeah. who we know, which is like this well of poison, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to kind of see her begin to grow and begin to see the world for the first time through this book. And I, I get the sense that she doesn't know what to do. You know, I get the sense that she's trying a bunch of things, but also is still very much under the foot of her mother. And it's just being pulled in several different directions and is, you know. Right. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say, is that, like, she's, as much as I don't like her right now, I get that it's a complex situation. There's a lot happening there. Yeah. So, so it's just, this is kind of funny, you know. So you mentioned that this bracelet, you think of it, you, you're like, it's a cuff, right? Like a, mm -hmm. For some reason, I always pictured it as, like, this little charm bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> so because no, like when she's I like literally... go steal this bracelet for me from my 
This is the French embrace when I got at the Eras tour. I want you to have it. (laughs) I have always I always pictured it as one of those like chunky big bangles. I I pictured it really discreet because like people notice it but aren't like, what are you wearing, bro? Like so I I pictured it was really discreet but like a charm reason. But it's funny because (laughs) and then when you're like Bracelets are bracelet gum. I would, now I'm just like, man, but what if it was just one of those early 2000s slap bracelets? Snap bracelets, like, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> that would be amazing. In my brain, it's like a thin, hinged bangle, but I like the fact, I like Judy's charm bracelet idea. I have now uh, no, I, I always, to, it's it like made out of embroidery like, thread and just has loyalty like, binds and chunky mismatched yeah. beads. <laughs> well, it has to have enough, it has to have enough, right, like, room for it to say loyalty binds me. Yeah, I can make that right. Happen. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I I guess that I thought in my brain that there were like some charms on, it and one of these charms had like an inscription on the back or something. But I like yeah. I said, I always got definitely. Go, You're right. It's definitely got to be like a little cuff. <laughs> um, speaking of characters know. that had great character development, I want to talk about Alice there. Yeah. Good for there, him. There's... I am <laughs> so proud of him. He Good said, not today, Charles Buford. <laughs> so there's not a few today, instances here where ever. Alistair finds his voice. You know, yeah. and sort of towards the beginning, Thomas, so they need the cure for the demon toxin, right? Mm-hmm. And Christopher's done most of this work, but now Christopher's been struck by the demon poison. Problem. Thomas is like, I can finish it. I've been working with him on it. I can do this. Um, but I need a place to do it. So the place that has the laboratory is Henry's laboratory in the Fairchild house. And so Thomas goes and is like, I need to access the laboratory. And Charles is like, no, you cannot. Because I am on He's the way me. to do important cave business. Yes. It's Charles Buford. Get it right. Charles Buford, yeah. <laughs> Was like, I have all this important clave business I must attend to in the stake of my mother. And then, and I can't babysit you. Can't babysit you with your useless tinkering and toys in the basement. And uh, Thomas is like, "But no, this is serious. I feel it." But guess who's there? Alistair. And he sees Thomas, and he's like, "I think he can do this." And he's like, "He's going to do it, Charles." And Charles is like, "Fine, fine. Then you can babysit me." And Alistair's like, "Bitch, I will." And then, and then he's like, I could like, care less about using the lab. I just want to know where my sister is. Exactly. But then he helps. He's like, you got 20 minutes. <laughs> and I'll help. But then I got to go figure out what the hell my sister's doing. And then, I, like I said, I'm so proud of him for standing up, I guess you could say, to Charles. you To Charles Buford and saying, I'm done being your secret. I'm done hiding. You either love me. And are open about it, or we're done. So that happens largely off screen, right? Because we get this context at the engagement party for James and Cordelia. That, uh, yeah. Uh, so it doesn't happen off screen. It happens a little both because the context that we're given is it's at James and Cordelia's engagement party, and uh, Charles Buford is drunk first of all. Mm -hmm. And he stands up and he's like, I just want to announce my engagement to Grace Blackthorne. And then he tries to take the credit for everything. 
He does, he's at the earlier the Enclave meeting. We'll get to that in a minute. We're going a little bit out of order, but it's fine. And then James is just like, kick out the bench from under him, and then it's like, slam. <laughs> and then Magnus is like, and now we're going to create this distraction. And everyone's like, yay. You should just kind of ignore the fact that Charles is being a massive a-hole. But then Charles goes over to Alistair and is like, I want to talk. <laughs> and then... Alone. Alice, and Alistair is like, I'm bringing my sister. Which I think is fucking hilarious, because that is the... Mm. So, like, like just reading it the first time, like, I didn't clock it, but this time rereading it with, like, a more thorough lens, I'm just like, that is the funniest way for an author to get out of, I don't want to write from this character's point of view, because I don't want to give you insight to what this character is thinking, and <laughs> just drag along the character that has very little business in this scene, just to stand there and observe awkwardly. <laughs> so I just... Which, like, blah, blah, take somebody, take emotional support when you're dealing with the abusive ex-boyfriend asshole. But also, just, like, the fact that Cordelia is literally just being dragged into this private corner conversation with Alistair and Charles Buford. I thought it was funny. But Charles is like, you didn't mean what you said in your letter. Surely you couldn't have. So that's, like, his first stand. Oh, okay, that's what you mean. Yeah. And then this is kind of the fallout from that letter. I forgot about the letter. Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. We didn't see the letter. Um. Or no. God, do I want to? It up. Oh man. I yeah. I just wanted to see him rip it out there and Buford a new one in this letter. Like I respect that Charles Buford has ambitions. That's fine. But he's being a dick about it. He's being he a dick about it. And Alistair is seeing that it's a pattern. Mm-hmm. He's. He's broken off engagements with these different girls or like gotten re- he's gotten engaged to two different women now and yeah i wrote down specifically what alistair says he says i have realized that you will never care half as much for me or for anyone as for your career and i was like drag him there it is and i really like how he said something along the lines of you can love me or you can have your career you just can't have both <laughs> yeah mm-hmm I'm just like, <clears throat> and I know we're going out of order, but since this is still connected to Alistair, what happens with Matthew and Thomas and Alistair? Crying, screaming, yeah, throwing up. Throwing so that's up. that's crying the other half of it. <laughs> is Not that almost missing my flight because that's different. That's a different. Crying direction. in the club. <laughs> yes, crying in the club. club. Exactly, he was crying in the club. That's the other half of it. Is that even though Alistair is growing as a character, as a person, he's trying. He. He has a lot to atone for. And he, yeah, he has to live up or live with these things that he's done in his past now, too. Yeah, we get a little bit of insight as to why he was acting that way. Um, In a days past sort of flashback with him and with Alistair and Cordelia. And he basically says it was either bully or be bullied. Yeah. And he chose to be the bully. Which Cordelia is disappointed in at that moment. And you can tell that, like, Alistair's a little hurt by Cordelia's reaction. He's like, oh, no. Because <clears throat> he, like, wouldn't you do the same? And Cordelia's kind of like, mm. <laughs> I would leave. Yeah, That's I would come home. Says. And it's, yeah. And it's, it's difficult to know that he was young. And young people are stupid. And make stupid decisions for stupid reasons. But there's still very real hurt 
behind what you do. So they're still, Thomas... you know, yeah. So he still you has see... that responsibility to atone for it, to take responsibility for it, which is kind of the fallout we're beginning to see towards the end. Yeah, it's like when they're confronting about, you know, Matthew is going on about, you know, this is what he said about us and, the, you know, all this. And, and now like, like, it was just words. Guy. But, no, yeah. But it, but it meant it, you know, it ended up turning into Matthew's fallout and it ended up, yeah. It le- directly led to the events of Cast Long Shadows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, of Matthew so having even though so much it was doubt. Just words. It, they it had really real consequences. And, like, Charlotte yeah. lost a pregnancy because of it and was very ill for a while because Matthew and heard Matthew the words will and, you know. Forever carry that guilt. Exactly. Which, and like, that's Thomas... not to say that Matthew's not culpable for his own actions. He absolutely is. Right. But there is still some atonement for and some responsibility that Elsner needs to take. When somebody says something that makes you doubt, that just creeps in and it stays. And to know that he said these shitty things about Thomas, too. Like, yeah. And that hurts Thomas, because Thomas obviously is has this big old disgusting crush on this person who he, he bonded with, you know, that week in Paris or whatever. And he's yeah. always, 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 like, tried to believe that Alistair is. Believe that he's good. And yeah. believe that he has these redeeming qualities, even when everyone else around him is like, no thanks. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Is that kind of character. Like, Thomas is a really nice guy. We can tell that from, you know, he's loyal. He is. Sweetest boy. Protect. Sweet. Yeah, he is so nice. So that when you break his trust it is well and over you know mm-hmm. um just the way that it reads i was just like man it, you know he again he believed in alistair so much he's just trying to extend grace and all these things all the time and you just get the sense he's that kind of person he'll you know he'll try mm-hmm. and forgive people all the time or try to think he's the best of them all the time and then but if you if, if you're if you hurt him then it's that's that's it yeah you're done you're done Um, and Alistair may be done. <laughs> but but hey, at least his hair is not blonde anymore. Thank God. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't think about that, but it's true. I have something important to attend to. My hair. My hair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but you guys are so right. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> and somebody has a moment where they're like looking for Alistair when the 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 car stairs really comes in. They're like, oh, that's Alistair. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. He's embracing the fact that he's a Carstairs. He's embracing himself. I remember go. I I just keep thinking about how I hated him so much Mm. in Tales from the Shadowhunter Academy. Mm -hmm. Rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm just like, he's trying. That's good character development. Listen, no no spoilers, but this series in particular has the best character development and character redemption arcs. Like, they are top tier. They're so good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's what I love about this series being, you know, what the later ones is that the the writing is just getting stronger, mm-hmm. you know? And we have complex characters throughout the whole cast. It's not just mm-hmm. one or two characters get the, the special treatment. It's exactly. being fully thought out and fully developed. 
Uh, anybody have anything else they want to bring up? Or should we I mean, there's still a lot to talk about in general, but I think I'm I meant, done ranting um, like, about I meant regarding... Yeah. I, I don't, don't know. Let's talk, talk briefly about his behavior with the clave. So they're having an the enclave <laughs> meeting. And then the way that this fool stands up there and is like, as you may know, the antidote was crafted in my laboratory at <laughs> Fairchild Square. And then Fuck off, Charles for fucking Buford. applause. That and I'm just come. like, I'm as just like, if you didn't, you almost didn't let him do it. Exactly. Screaming. Screaming, <laughs> crying, like, throwing up, wanting to throw Charles Buford against the wall. I just want to be sitting in the enclave being just so I can go, boo. I want to see <laughs> Charlotte rip into him so badly. And his, his description of him in that moment is like, he's dressed like stiffly formal in like a ruffled shirt or whatever. He's got like his hair slicked back and I'm just like, this fucking poser. <laughs> he's uh-huh. trying way too hard and I want to see Charlotte be like, who are you? What have you done with my sweet boy? <laughs> who are you? You are we not my so son. so fucking excited for Charles Buford. And the fucker has the audacity <laughs> to, to be, be a like dick. This. I know. Ugh. Which, speaking of Charlotte, she and Henry are back. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, come get someone making a grand <laughs> entrance like she deserves. Both your sons need help. <laughs> Deal with them, please. They do. Hmm. But hopefully, oh. with Charlotte back in town, we'll see a little lef- less of Charles Buford. My mother. Just that. Just mm. that. Hopefully, actual... I'm not. I'm not. Ho- I'm not that hopeful. But <laughs> not hold my breath on it. But still. Now the actual head of Clave is back. Right. There should be less excuses for him to be stepping in and doing all this stuff on my mother's behalf. Sit the fuck down, Charles Buford. <laughs> Ugh. Um. Anything else about Charles Buford? Aside from just, Charles Buford! That sums up, like, most of my notes. That's, that's all of our Charles notes all the time. As I texted you both this morning, I was like, the amount of times I have written in my notes... Charles Buford. No caps. Exactly. Underline, underline. Yeah. It's only uh, my notes once this time. Ooh. But it's still, my, it's still once. Have it. <laughs> I have it at least two or three times. I think I have it three. At least twice. I have it three times. Three times. Pick in my head. Yeah. Pick in my head. Um, well, Charlotte comes in. Uh, which, first of all, I love the detail. There's a moment where they talk about Charlotte comes in and her voice and volume is that of, you know, it's it's pitched louder because she's used to talking over men all the time. I was like, mm. Get him. Mm. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> oh. Oh. Exactly. But she's also got some grays coming in and her hair, like, yeah. Charlotte, we, we stand Charlotte. So does mm-hmm. Will out here looking like a Will you know, almost silver fox. Mm-hmm. They're getting. Ali, using any excuse to bring up Will. Listen, he was good. He was good in these chapters. He was. He was hilarious after. <laughs> oh, speaking <laughs> of man, Will starts this meeting right because he's the head of the institute and he's starting to talk, and then Charles Buford steps in. Like, I know. Yeah, like, yeah we, we talked about like this Char- man like changed Charles... your diapers, fool. <laughs> yeah, Charles Buford is probably like twenty-ish, like twenty to twenty-five. I think is what we kind of determined. Mm-hmm. And then Will oh. over here is like forty or something. Can you imagine? Like the audacity! This little slick back haired punk. You've known here. him since he was an infant. <laughs> since before he was an infant. Since yeah. when he was 
since the womb being yeah. created, I guess you would say. I don't know what. The... Yeah. Words. Since conception. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Since before personhood. <laughs> yes. Can't believe. Um, I just like to imagine Will rolling his eyes so hard. <laughs> and I feel like. Literally everyone else. Recruit, I think we get some flippancy read Charles Buford from Will in some context. I can't tell you the Probably. exact context, but I think we get a little bit of... Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyways, I was saying that Charlotte comes in you know, with a great presence, but then she she's talking about how the Blackthorn Manor has burned down, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that happened during this uh, this section. Yeah. Uh, Will, or James decided that arson is always an option. James didn't know that it was going to <laughs> burn down to a crisp. James was told to take out this automaton, and then the mm-hmm. automaton set fire. Which, again, my theory, which I pitched earlier in the guise of other things, is I think that that's what Grace and Tatiana knew was going to happen. I think that Tatiana told Grace to tell James to take out this automaton. And that, like, the whole lie about killing herself, and then this was going to go. I think that that was all a lie, because they knew that and set up in some way that if the automatons w- was stricken, then the house would go up in flames. Because what that would also do is that would also get rid of all the evidence of all of the black magic and bullshit that Tatiana's been up to. So. Well, they still me? found enough to, like, charge her. Well, it's not my fault that Tatiana didn't think this plan all the way through. But <laughs> um... I think that that was the initial plan. And that it was not an accident. But anyway, speaking of arson is option. Her- yes. <laughs> speaking of Herondales and Blackthorns, um, Jesse gives James his last breath, which is a big deal. That is yep. We don't know much about the last breath, but we know it was somehow connected to bringing Jesse back, and now it seemed to have been connected to his more corporeal form. Because after giving the last breath, he is more ghost-like, and Lucy can't, like, touch him. Lucy out here dabbling in necromancy. It's fine. She will definitely face consequences. Oh, yeah. Um, We don't see much of Jesse in these last couple of chapters. Neither Um, does Lucy. (laughs) It's true. Are you done? Listen, you can look unimpressed to me all you want, but I had a point anyway. Um. So yeah, it was a big deal, and now James can see Jesse. That's a thing. I don't think he can permanently see Jesse. I think that he could see Jesse in that moment because he was close to death. Oh, maybe. I yeah. thought it was because he had Jesse's breath. Because Jesse's also spoken how... um. I forget who it was, but he knew that they were fine because they couldn't see him. And if they were Matthew. closer to death, it was yeah. Matthew. They would be able to I see him. thought it was because Jess, James had Jesse's breath, but maybe it's what you said. Jeannie, did you have anything um, else to say about the fire? I'm sorry. I feel like we can't turn oh, that away. Sorry. Yeah, I, I don't think. So at, at the moment. Um. No. <laughs> okay. Um. We got a fake marriage. 
true. We have not talked at all about the James Cordelia nonsense here yet. Which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. There's, I mean, there, I think it was, I posted on like our Instagram when this announcement, like, the end of the book in which the only solution is arranged marriage which is. was funny because I hadn't finished reading the chapters yet. So I was like, I'm sorry, what? Bad. Too bad. <laughs> when you spoil your own cast member. Too bad. Yep. Uh, oh, I'm not <laughs> complaining. I just thought it was funny. Well, the other thing is, technically, Grace and Charles is a is also a sham marriage, you know? like That's true. But I had I a feeling that's not what you were talking about. <laughs> um, but Yeah, we had James and Cordelia. Because, yeah, how this all comes about is they're sitting in the Enclave meeting. Tatiana's like, James, burn down my house. And then mm -hmm. uh, Will is obviously like, bullshit. And most of the clave is like, sus. And then James is like, I didn't do it. And then Tatiana's like, well, Grace will prove that he did. And then Cordelia is like, oh shit, this can't happen. And she stands up and she's like, he was in my bedroom with me all night long. <laughs> and room, and the entire, like, the audio <laughs> gasp in the room. <laughs> she did something that she cannot take back. Nope. And James is like, <laughs> but then James the conversation they have after man. the conversation they have after is just so heartbreaking because James is still under Grace's spell and so he's like I don't love you like that and you don't love me like that so it's fine and Cordelia's like, Cordelia is like Cordelia is like you will never know <sighs> communication I think it's there. funny how they're like, well, we can't lie to all of our friends. It's like, well, so we'll tell all of our friends. So as we're going through the epilogue, we're finding out, like, every fucking character knows that this is a sham. Except for, like, the adults. The adults. Because, like, Anna's like, this seems like some bullshit. And then Magnus is like, this seems like some bullshit. And then yep. and then Grace Anna is talking to also... Will and is like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> Anna also notices that Matthew, and she, uh, or is it? Lucy that talks to Matthew? Is it Anna that talks to Matthew? Somebody talks to Matthew Magnus about it, but Anna knows. Oh, it's Magnus. Sorry. Mm -hmm. But Anna also notices that Matthew is solemnly in the corner, and then Magnus talks to him about it. Mm -hmm. Magnus is like, you good, bro? And then Matthew is not good. He's staring at James and Cordelia as they dance. Knowing Matthew that... is in love with Cordelia. <sighs> it's about to and be. And Magnus has clocked it. Some mm -hmm. parabatite love triangle bullshit again. Fine. Okay. Hot take. Matthew doesn't actually love Cordelia, but but we can save that conversation for a later book when there's more to talk about on the budding. There's, yeah. Uh, Cordelia and Matthew train. But, and I'll have more evidence by then to assert that <clears throat> Matthew does not truly love Cordelia. That's fine. But that is my hot take. I could argue that he I think what you might be getting at, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that kind of thing of Cordelia doesn't know him in the way of, like, doesn't know his past. Yep. So it's like the Tessa and Jem thing. Mm -hmm. Of She only knows him now and not his past, so she doesn't know the drink. I mean, she kind of does, but she doesn't know the drinking, all of that stuff. Like, 
he's able to present himself in uh in ideal terms and ideal yes. circumstances himself as he wishes he was yes and not himself for the wholeness so, of his person so. i don't know if that's what you were getting at that's mostly but... it yeah can we also talk about the fact that he references the will tessa gem love triangle like matthew <laughs> makes some statement about well it'd be different if james actually loved her and oh. <laughs> like oh and then i would step away then i would step away like and i was like oh you did not just say that boy boy that is true. Please. If I had a nickel for it every may- time that Will and or Jem <laughs> said the same thing. It makes to the fact that Tessa and Jem aren't aging, and Will is, and I'm just like, <laughs> well, just you're you, getting old. Why are you reminding us of, us of this? I just, I still it's got like beef with how like, that love triangle ended. <laughs> Matthew spoke in a low voice. It would be one thing if James loved her. I would go into the quiet dark like Jem did and never speak of her again. But. <laughs> love her oh like jen did oh shit i missed that how did i miss that (laughs) just like screaming speaking straight fire screaming crying yeah he said that damn matthew is fucking savage boy can't stand up but boy can throw down (laughs) boy is hurting because they also mentioned that he's drinking from his flask and if he's drinking from his flask rather than a wine glass that's being provided at a party he must really want to get drunk. That's what Matthew says. Or not yeah. Matthew. Magnus says. Magnus is like, mm. <laughs> It's like, it's not. He says something along the lines of, like, it's not uncommon or unexpected that a 17-year-old boy would be drunk at a party. But it becomes suspicious because he was also drunk the last time they had met. And he's not drinking from, yeah, what's provided. But he's brought his own drink to a party. And he's thought... standing against the wall because he would not be able to stand up otherwise. It's it's a devastating uh, character portrait in a paragraph of just I how far gone Anna... Matthew is. Should have Matthew finish it. Hold it up. Hold on. Or the picture, I guess. Yeah, picture of Matthew Fairchild. Oof. Picture of Matthew Fairchild, which Matthew does Goodbye. reference that book. I think. Exactly. He references it all the time. He's like, I would like to have a picture of myself so I could go out and commit all this debauchery and, you know, never age and never... I want... I need to read that book. I have it. Yeah, I checked it out from the library and I didn't read it. It's free I think I've on... A few times. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta find this. Hold on. Yeah, so I think I have it downloaded, actually. Nice. And I think, yeah, I've always I think because Matthew references it a lot, it might give us a lot of, uh, might give us some insight on. Probably. Thought. One of the other main references in here is Great Expectations, mm-hmm. not one of the classic literature books, which is, which is the James and Grace and Tatiana. Um, okay. That's, that's the big reference there. I read Great Expectations and. Oh, yeah. As I'm reading, sorry, as I'm reading. trying to look for this thing that I'm looking for. Charles Buford at the like engagement party is like my brother's paradise has always been like a younger brother to me. Shut up, sit down. Yeah. No one likes Charles Buford's <laughs> talk. They're all like Ooh. bullshit. <laughs> but re yeah. this book related to great expectations. I feel like Cassie Clare writes has written most of these trilogies to 
uh, yeah, echo a classic story. Oh yeah. Which um, yeah, I know I had to ask you which one this one was because <laughs> I don't yeah, think I've read and, many of the classics. I should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's one of my goals too to like read a couple. I think this year. Um, great expectations. I definitely I hated it when I had to read it in school. <laughs> uh, and I will say that Charles Dickens is really dense stuff. Like it's. I mean, I would try to read it again with fresh eyes now, but I remember hating it so much and Listen. not wanting anything to do with it. But Locked I do book. like the the refreshed kind of parallels here, you know, that are happening mm -hmm. here. And I appreciate that you can take tropes from classic literature and do stuff with it now. Sorry. Let us know in the comments what literature you had to read in high school that you fucking hated. For me, it was My Antonia. <laughs> Fuck that book. And also- Which one? My Antonia. Never heard of that one. And then uh -huh. Snow Falling on Cedars. Also fuck that Never one. Never heard of that one either. Me neither. I will have to post links to both of them, but it is um, terrible. Nothing happens in My Antonia ever. And then Snow Falling on Cedars spends like a whole paragraph and a half talking about a dead man's penis. And I'm just not sure I need that. So, Mine yeah. <laughs> was probably Catcher in the Rye. I, I don't know if I had to read that one either. Huh. Um. Anyway, I found the passage i was looking for about matthew drinking from his flask it's actually lucy who notices it i think multiple people notice him drinking from his flask well, i think no, that's kind I'm, of the thing oh okay specific i mean specifically at this in this moment at this party okay. um he was not drinking from his the he was drinking from the flask in his hand which to lucy was not a good sign usually at parties where spirits were provided matthew would be seen with a wine glass in his hand no. he were getting his grain of pale from his flask, he must be very determined indeed to be as drunk as possible. Oh yeah, I do remember that one too. I just was specifically calling it out for this party that he is not having a good time. But he really yeah. isn't ever, but you know. Yeah. No, he isn't. Someone needs to just like hug him. And I volunteer. I volunteer his tribute. <laughs> I volunteer. I will hug Matthew Fairchild. My son. Yeah, my Cordelia notices a little interaction between uh, Matthew and Lucy, how they look more comfortable now, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, re more relaxed. And something she's like, something has changed in this relationship here, but like they, it looks is better. I feel we like know that Matthew has let go of his his like, crush on Lucy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I don't. We're hard writing into Cordelia. <laughs> For me, I feel yeah. like something changed at the portal at the cemetery when she was healing him. I don't know why, but I feel like that's when it changed. Maybe. There. Well, the thing was, he was angry for a minute because she called him out mm -hmm. for drinking. And then maybe um, maybe their next, like, real interaction was that, that moment. So maybe that was the moment of, like, reconciliation about. or reconciliation after the anger. Yeah. So this might or be, like, the second change that we've seen. <laughs> Could have. Could have. Anyway. Lots of changing dynamics. Matthew. Oh, little Alexander Lightwood. Yeah, baby. Was shown here. Apparently, Matthew is his favorite uncle. It's very cute. Matthew and, <laughs> and little Alexander is like, Oscar. And I'm like, you know, I too would want to go to a party and exactly. see the puppy. That's what I do when I go mm -hmm. to parties. <laughs> is there an animal that I can pet? No, I Literally. don't want to talk to the people. Oscar, my aunt and uncle's dog, was here. Because my they were having my parents were having people over for Super Bowl Sunday, and I was like, "Hi, I'm just here for the dog." <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's a good boy. I understand. 
<sighs> Disappointing that Oscar Wilde couldn't come to the party. I feel like he would have been a great party guest. Could have given him a bow tie and everything. Said it was not a dog party. Sad. Any party is a dog party. We've been lied to before when we were told it was not a dog party, and then we show up, and then it was a dog party. And then mm -hmm. Cordy was mad at us because it was a dog party. We told her she shouldn't come. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, she's right. She was probably rightfully mad. Yeah. For real, we were going to this thing, and then we told Cordy, we're like, you can't come. It's not a dog party. And then we got there, and there were like three dogs. And we were like, <laughs> we lied to Cordy. <laughs> How dare you lie to the That's angel that is Cordelia? We didn't mean it. We didn't know. Mm -hmm. oh, including a giant Bernese mountain dog puppy. Oh my god. So mm -hmm. fucking cute. Anyway. <laughs> dog tangent. Dog tangent. Moral, I feel like, to summarize in a couple of sentences, James and Cordelia are in a fake engagement. Tatiana's crazy, but we already knew that. Mm -hmm. We did. <laughs> Charles Buford is a dick, but we also already knew that. <laughs> Alistair is... Growing. Okay. And Will is so oh, happy to, to have a car stairs in the family. Oh my gosh, Will. I love that reaction. <laughs> so now Will and Tessa come into the drawing room after Cordelia and uh, James and are ready to be like, I raised you better than that to sacrifice a lady's virtue. And then James is like, but, 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 but before all that, my fiance. <laughs> and everyone's my like, promised oh. wife. <laughs> but then he's kind of just Sona in particular. Sona is just kind of like something about it. She's like not. She gives her blessing, but she doesn't seem super excited. Yeah, because Cordelia is like, "Why are you not happy? I did what you wanted. I secured a good match. Yeah, a good marriage." <sighs> but it could also be because Elias is going to be coming home. That is the, true. That is another thing that's new happening. Plot twist. Yep. <laughs> and Will Will and Cordelia have a really sweet moment actually when they're dancing because uh, of course mm -hmm. Will has Cordelia dance at their engagement party and oh, yeah. uh, he's like oh, it's so lovely to see you and Cordelia's like I know we always wish that we could spend more time with you and Will's like well now that you're in London there'll be so many things we can plan a celebration for your dad coming home and then Cordelia's like <laughs> and Will kind and of yeah. sees the tension and Will, Will has this line where he says in the long lines of, when I was a child, I thought that my father was the greatest man that ever lived. And when I grew older and saw that he had turned to gambling and drink and like gambling, gambled away our whole home, I thought he was the worst man. And now that I'm a father myself, I see that he was just a man. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. if that ain't the growing up experience, I don't know what is. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know how. Or when Will Herondale got therapy, but like good for him, bro. Because <laughs> that is that is a good take. It is. Oh, it was so good. He's also like, wait till I tell Jem. <laughs> wait till I car tell Jem. <laughs> yeah. There's a car stairs. Mm -hmm. He and Jem were <laughs> brothers before, so they're basically already brothers again. Mm -hmm. He's so excited. He's so but that, that I love Will, really but he needs to let Jemariah go. He does. He won't, but he needs he won't. to. Mm -hmm. And Tessa out here like, you can't just compliment her because of her last name. <laughs> <laughs> Will's like, I can, but... I can't. Oh, Will. Back on your own, Herondale bullshit, too. It's true. 
<laughs> it continues. There, there is a line because you had talked about too, Melody, how like Dem and Tessa haven't aged and will, you know. But I think there's somebody makes an observation. It may have been Magnus or something, but there's like, well, how they haven't aged but still will seem younger than both of them because of that. Like, oh yeah, I think yeah, it was, he's compared to serious or like, uh, aura of a child or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might have been Cordelia, but yeah. <laughs> We Tracks. still got that youthful Herondale boy <laughs> bullshit. Indeed. We know where James is. that should kill become... them, theoretically, but they just live longer. We know where Check James and Lucy it. get it from. Indeed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, two weeks from now, new book. Exciting. Cane of Iron. Cane of Iron. Book two. Second books are usually my favorites in a trilogy, so I'm excited. See, it is chunky, which means there's plenty of time for just beach episode. <laughs> Can you? I love beach episode. My first read of this series. Yeah. Yes. Um, it'll be chapters one through eight. That reading schedule is done. So if you're reading along with us, then have those chapters read. And that's fun. Lots more to talk about. See how this engagement goes. See what Tatiana is up to with Belial, and you know all of this intrigue. And yeah. scandal. Have time yeah. to time to deal with more Herondale boy bullshit. <laughs> as Matthew has said, the bank of patience is exhausted. And yet, and yet, the Herondale boy bullshit persists. <laughs> and so, while there is Herondale boy bullshit, we, the Herondale boy support group, shall be here. We shall. We'll see you. In- Two weeks from now. Bye. Bye. Bye.